Tiger's Beach Waves could also be <laughs> the name of like a, a memoir or a love story or a poem. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> See, then if you're going to talk about those, it's like, I'm going to talk about Rithic's Beach Waves. Oh, really. Yeah. He's got <laughs> excellent Beach Waves. And then we can talk about... And that's about... the title of their fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> beach Waves, a Rithic Tiger love story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. And welcome to Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. I'm Kim. And I'm Katie. And we're here to talk about singing and dancing and Bollywood boys. I feel like for the first time in weeks, all of those words are accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. I was going to get a little bit fancy with talking about the dancing because it's it's really like prancing and leaping and flipping and it's a lot. And it's all great. And prancing. (laughs) Yeah. And a dancy Bollywood boy. We are talking about flying jot yeah what did you think about it this time around you know it's been a while since you watched it it was better than i remembered me too i think i went in with low expectations Mm -hmm. and they were exceeded (laughs) (laughs) i agree yeah Yeah. because i think you know it's silly it's campy but it's fun again it's not trying to be anything other than what it is which i appreciate and also they did things that I don't think I've seen before in other movies. Like, they had some yeah. fun, creative, clever ideas. Like, I love the whole thing where he can only fly, like, five feet off the ground. That's very funny, and I've never seen that yeah. in another superhero movie. So I agree. Yeah, I appreciated the originality. Yeah, there are elements that were not original, which I will <laughs> talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I was like, oh, I feel like... In my memory, I was thinking, surely this is worse than I remember it being. Yep. But uh, no, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's me too. Fun. I uh, I spaced out a little bit at the end, which which is a funny way for me to say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but mostly, I was very invested. Yeah, I agree. You know, you reach a point where you're just like, okay, you're punching and yeah. fighting, and it continues, and then you're like, there's only five minutes left in this movie. How are we not <laughs> wrapping it up yet? But uh, yes, A Flying Jot was written and directed by Remo D'Souza, mm-hmm. but it stars Tiger Shroff mm-hmm. as Amon, a.k.a. Flying Jot, yep. <laughs> uh, Jacqueline Fernandez as Kirti, yep. which she's a lot. We're going to talk about her. What but... a riot. <laughs> what a person. <laughs> Nathan Jones, the Australian man who plays Raka. Amrita Singh, who plays Aman's mother, and then Gaurav Pandey, who plays Rohit. Love him. <laughs> Love him so much. And every time I watch this movie, I think he's super cute. He is very yeah. cute. Yeah, I feel like he hasn't been in much else for someone who is so cute and so good at dancing, which is sad. Yeah. Anyway, are, are we ready to begin? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. A Flying Jot. A story about the environment. <laughs> yep. We start with that cartoon intro. Yes. Where we get this child singing over a cartoon story of a man chopping down a tree, which has this whole domino effect um, that ultimately comes back around and leads to this man who originally chopped down this tree being almost squashed by a different tree. Mm-hmm. 
until a masked man flies in and keeps the tree from falling on him and corrects all of the damage that had been done. Yep. And I was like, y'all, this is not subtle. <laughs> My first note is there's no subtlety here. We have no time for that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Although that might have actually been about the next scene where everybody's very evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like aggressively so. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, so speaking of that next scene, we get some ominous music, Uh and we're shown into a super modern office building, and a guy wearing very shiny shoes walks into a meeting and complains that it takes his trucks two whole days to reach the city from his factory. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, so this is Melotra. I have no idea what he manufactures, but he's evil and he's into pollution. (laughs) Loves pollution. Uh, he, he loves this stuff. <laughs> can't, get, can't get enough. Um, but some guys who work for him tell him that they built their factory next to a lake because it's perfect for dumping toxic waste into. Mm-hmm. But it's the lake that makes the trucks take so long because they have to drive the whole way around it. And then they say they could build a bridge across the lake, but in order to do that, they need to buy the land on the other side and the people living on that land refuse to sell. Mm-hmm. They have a sacred tree there that is 200 years old and has the sick mark naturally in its bark. And we find out that a mother and a son own that tree, and the son teaches the local kids martial arts. Yeah, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> I wonder. So we see this, we kind of get a sense that Amon is not respected. <laughs> no, yeah. By really anyone. No. <laughs> um, and we find out that the businessmen who work for Melotra are actually scared of Amon's mother, mm-hmm. who slaps them and chases them away. So they're terrified of her. Mm-hmm. And when Amon gets home from school, we see their relationship and see that she doesn't respect him either. She talks down to him, and she berates him for cutting his hair and shaving his beard. Yes. Um, I do like, though, that this is during Tiger's longer hair era. Oh, it's great. I had forgotten that. Uh, Amon's mother, which I'm going to call her mom. She's your mom now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mom then recounts the story of her husband, Amon's father, who was a master of kung fu and called the Flying Jot. Mm -hmm. She's like, you're kind of a disgrace to your father's memory, <laughs> basically. Such a nice thing to say. And uh, yeah, then we get our first dance number, yep. <laughs> which you're right has no context. <laughs> I was just like, oh, we're in it, okay. Um, but it is Bangada Pa, mm-hmm. so good. It is my favorite. It's my favorite too. It's so good. And it's just, like, great to dance to because anyone can do the little finger, like, Yeah. So good. There's, like, starts with the parade, which is always good. Sure. You know, like, a parade from the tree, and everyone's bopping and having a great time. And I originally wrote that Rohit was Amon's brother cousin. Because it's always confusing because they act like, she only has one son, right. and that's Amon. And then there's just this other man who calls her mom and lives in their house. And says that it's his brother. Yeah, it is confusing. But, but like, he's not being compared to their father. No. Anyway, Rohit, Amon's brother, <laughs> kicks off the dancing, yeah. and he looks great. And then Amon joins in, and he's really prancy, and he's got pointy toes. And then an adorable woman pulls up in a car 
and gets out and just like a whirling dervish yes. just starts like punching people <laughs> and hugging them too tightly and like everyone's trying to like get her away yeah <laughs> um, she's a lot yes but she is wearing the best yellow pants i do love her pants her pants look great they're flowy easy to yeah. move in and aman is just staring at her mm-hmm because this is Kirti, and he is in love with her. I do want to say about Kirti that I like her character a lot because I always like a bubbly woman who's not ditzy. Because I feel like yes. a lot of times people struggle with the distinction between those two concepts. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. so I like a woman who is bubbly, and that's just, she's happy, and that doesn't have to say anything about her intelligence. I agree. Yeah. I mean, she is a teacher. Yeah. I don't know what she teaches, Maybe environmental studies? It's Maybe. not clear. Yeah, I think that's a good um, guess. She does seem, like, a bit oblivious. She's not the m- most observant of people. Yes, we but she say. is not dumb. Yes. Right? <laughs> I think that's fair. And I love that, like, Aman comes to his senses, and then he's like, I gotta show off mm-hmm. for this pretty lady. Uh, and so he struts over and dances at her. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I was like, that would probably work on me. Sure, yeah. If Tiger Shroff danced at you to seduce you, I'm sure it would. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it would. Yeah, yep, yep. And anyway, yeah, everyone's just having a great time, and I love it. It's it's good stuff. I'm very sad that it's no longer on Spotify. It's not? Oh No. Darn it, Spotify. Resign your contracts. I honestly really like all the music. It does have some good good songs, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so after the party dies down, Malotra rolls in to the colony and offers Aman's mom, mom, <laughs> double what the land is worth. But she says she'll never sell to him because the pollution from his factory has destroyed the city. Mm-hmm. After Malotra leaves, Aman's kind of just been like looking scared in the background during mm-hmm. this whole confrontation. And so he then tells his mom they should sell the land. And his mom reminds him that his father was the best fighter in Punjab until he died of cancer, Mm -hmm. which was caused by the factory's pollution. Mm. And that's the whole reason that they have this land and they created this colony was so that he and other people could live in clean air. Uh, Aman feels a lot of pressure to live up to his father and he's just a normal guy. He's just a boy. (laughs) He's just a super jacked martial arts boy. Uh, yeah, he's just a boy and life is a nightmare. Yep, that's also true. <laughs> and so at school the next day, Aman is trying to get the kids to pay attention to his martial arts class when he sees Kirti. Mm-hmm. And he just classic muscly boy wants to show off for her. Uh-huh. So he gets his nunchucks out and sets up the tennis ball thrower to throw balls at him so that he can knock them away. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing great. He's doing this. We hear breaking windows. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> breaking stuff at the school, but nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. And then we see the music teacher, mm-hmm. Goldie, convince a child to turn up the speed on the machine. Yeah. So it goes super fast. This is diabolical. Goldie is a <laughs> conniving man. Yeah, I would also think he was cute if he wasn't so petty. Yeah, he is cute. I did make a note somewhere in here that it must be hard to go to the school where all the teachers are so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, how do you get anything done? (laughs) It's true. But so 
Yes, the, the speed of this machine gets turned up, and then Amon gets hit first in the forehead, and then straight in the crotch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he falls over, and Kirti goes running over to help him, and she tells Goldie to go get medical help. And he's like, no, I can heal him by playing music. And he pulls out his violin, and he plays. Everyone knows the best cure for bruised genitalia. <laughs> Yeah, is, is violin, violin music. Exactly. And then Kirti's like, great. And she just flounces off. Yeah. <laughs> Flounces and is a great word for the way she it's, moves through life. Exactly. <laughs> Later that day, as Aman is like limping around, he still seems <laughs> incapacitated by his crotch shot. Um, Malotra's goons roll up to invite him to Malotra's house for a meeting. He goes, and he sees Melodra, like, having this really cute interaction with his daughter, uh-huh. and Amon's having a good time, up until Melotra casually threatens his mother, and then openly threatens him. Yeah. This was a good scene. I had forgotten that it took that turn. I was it, like, oh, we're is... humanizing Melotra, and then he, like, right. was just evil again. I was like, ooh, okay, here but we are. But he's evil in a way that, like, Amon being a sweet, simple boy doesn't fully wreck right yeah he kind of gets taken Uh, in by at first yeah and then even when he's like okay now i'm terrified he just asks melotra to leave him alone and melotra's like oh why are you so scared i'm a businessman not a goon yeah but he is threatening violence yeah you can be both (laughs) yeah next we get a desert scene that's actually very long for what it is so Basically, a very large man is hiding in the sand, uh-huh. and then he surprise attacks a whole bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. This is Raka, and he is who Melotra is hiring to help with this little issue. Yep. So then we see Amon at the sacred tree, expressing his concern about Melotra and confessing that he feels weak and scared and he doesn't know what to do. And he asks the tree to show them all its power and to save them. And that's when Amon sees Raka on the other side of the tree holding a chainsaw. And Amon confronts him to stop him from chopping down the tree, but he can't affect Raka at all. Like, his kicks and punches do nothing, because this yep. man is huge. He's very dense. Um, and Raka kicks him down, and literally the f- footprint of his boot takes up the entirety of Amon's torso, um, which is terrifying. Uh-huh. <laughs> He, like, kicks him, and he picks him up and throws him a couple of times, enough that Amon is spitting up blood, which is never good. No, no, you never want that. And then Amon ends up, oh, excuse me, I forgot a most important part, which is where somehow Raka manages to rip Amon's shirt off because it's a Tiger Shroff film. Of course he does. It's it's in his contract. (laughs) (laughs) Because, again, it's never, like, it's clearly not just in his contract that he needs to be shirtless. It's always that my shirt has to come off in some sort of spectacular fashion yeah. that's an accident. Yeah. It's not an accident. My shirt has to be ripped off mid-fight. Yeah. Right. But so Amon ends up being held up by the tree right against its sixth symbol mm-hmm. as Raka beats him. And there's a white flash as power from the tree goes through him. And Raka does not appear to notice this because he picks up the chainsaw again, starts it, and apparently plans to decapitate Amon as he chops down the tree. It's a lot. It is. That's gruesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But as the chainsaw makes contact with the tree, it's struck by lightning, and both Amon and Raka are electrocuted. Mm -hmm. Raka is blown clear over the lake, 
to the factory where he just lands in a massive pile of toxic waste. And just hangs out there for like two weeks. (laughs) Oh my god, so long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's just where he's living. Uh Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, Amon wakes up back in bed, hearing strange prayers and sounds. And he has the sixth symbol burned into his back, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't know that yet. So he just, like, heads off to school. He's like, that was weird. What a crazy night. (laughs) And yet again, Goldie puts a kid up to doing the tennis ball machine trick again. Mm -hmm. And Amon gets his nunchucks and he gets ready. He's clearly nervous about doing this again. But he doesn't have to worry because his reflexes are suddenly super fast. Yeah. Uh, And he's able to hit all the tennis balls as they come. And he actually ends up kicking two at Goldie, one into his forehead and one into his crotch. Uh So that's karma, guys. Yeah. Which seems like, you know, at the velocity with which he like hit it back. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's it's like getting hit in the crotch with a meteor. (laughs) Mm, That's true. That is true. His whole penis got obliterated. <laughs> it just got knocked off. <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, that's gruesome. Um, but so Amon rushes over to see if Goldie's okay. But as he does, he touches Goldie's music book by accident mm-hmm. and absorbs the knowledge of how to play the violin. Mm-hmm. And I said he plays the violin very well, but also very poorly because. It sounds great. Mm-hmm. Looks awful. That is not how you hold a violin. No. Someone could have told him. <laughs> to be fair, Goldie also didn't hold it correctly. And he's a music teacher. But Goldie at least had his hand on the string, yes. though, right? Right. And it at least was, like, tucked onto his shoulder. Because, yeah, Tinker just had it, like, against, against his, his pet. And, like, his head's in a different place. And his head's nowhere yeah. near the strings. No. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's all very funny. And as Amon and Rohit are walking home that day, I, I don't know why Rohit was at the school. I think he's an unemployed handsome man. It's it's sure, unclear. Yeah. Younger brothers um, can be. It's easy. Mm-hmm. So as they're walking home, Rohit says they should watch this Sonny Leone movie. Yep. As they do that, Malotra's goons roll up and point guns at them. And in the scuffle, Amon accidentally touches this DVD. Uh, Which is a and- porno. Which is a porno. (laughs) And so Amon absorbs this porn star's skills. Yep. uh, And he just starts sensually dancing. He, like, very sensually kisses the gun that was pointing at his face. And then he, like, speed dances around, like, bopping his booty a lot. Uh And then he very nearly kisses one of the goons. And I do always love moments like this where it's like, this goon didn't know this was going to happen. He just sees this man, like, very sensually, like, leaning in for a kiss. And he's like, yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, he's been drawn <laughs> in by the performance. Yeah. I also like the idea that this porn film would have dancing in it. Yeah. That seems like it would be fun. I agree. It makes me wonder, like, was Rohit just going to, like, the video rental shop? Like, why is he carrying this DVD with him? Probably, yeah. He went behind the curtain. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but so Amon snaps out of it before he does kiss this goon, and then he just takes off running, dragging Rohit behind him, and they're going so fast that Rohit's feet aren't even touching the ground. He's just flying. Yeah, he's just flying behind him. And he's also just watching as Amon is getting shot in the back yeah. <laughs> multiple times, um, which Amon doesn't seem to notice. Yeah. And so when they get home, Amon is like, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm just going to go to sleep. But Rohit tells mom that 
Aman had been shot multiple times mm-hmm. and nothing happened. So the two of them go into Aman's room and the first thing they do is take a knife and just like stick it into his arm. Yeah. Well, and like Rohit, he's seen this in action. So like he knows. I guess. Yeah. But that's like true. mom is just like, yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my favorite thing is like after they stab him in the arm a couple of times and see it heal over. She just, like, stabs him in the chest. Yeah, she's like, let's see about his heart and his vital organs. <laughs> yeah, he's still, like, Amon is still sleeping. And then they're just dancing around because they're like, woo, he's a superhero. <laughs> Great. And Amon wakes up to all of this. He wakes up to his brother trying to attack him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's very alarmed. Yep. And he takes his shirt off to look at the bullet holes And that allows them all to see the sick mark on his back. Mm -hmm. And so Amon tells them what happened the night before. And mom says that it is a power granted to Amon by God so that he can fight evil. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, prompts Rohit to ask, what powers? Yep. (laughs) And cue, again, just the best part of any superhero film, which is like the research portion. Yeah, the power discovery montage. Yes. So they watch a bunch of superhero films, and Amon tries on a bunch of different outfits. They try to set him on fire, like the Human Torch, which is just hilarious. <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big one to try. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're very prepared to potentially do lasting damage <laughs> to this man they claim to love. Yep. <laughs> um, they try to make him Hulk out. They try to make him stretch, like Mr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were and then a lot of the weird up- ones. <laughs> Yeah, like it's a lot of Fantastic Four. Yeah. But then they take him up to the roof and just shove him off. Mm-hmm. And thank God he can fly because he is scared of heights. Yeah. He stops himself from hitting the ground. So he's like hovering a few feet off. But then mom makes his costume for him, which I also appreciated seeing. Yep. Uh, she also tries to give him the turban that his father wore. Mm-hmm. And Amon refuses to accept it, saying that unless devotion is truly meant, it should not be expressed. Yeah. Which is actually, I like that yeah. a lot. I do think that's a very mature perspective, yes. Yeah. Um, but he does take on his father's nickname, the Flying Jot. Yay! Uh, and it's a very powerful moment. Like, the music is swelling. He looks like a superhero. And then he goes and lays on his bed to watch some television. Yeah. <laughs> and so mom and Rohit are like, what are you doing? You have to go save lives. And they literally, like, push him out the window. Yeah. Amon flies away about three feet off the ground because that's <laughs> where he feels safest. And he also doesn't move very fast. No. Which I love. It's I do love silly. that touch. Yeah. It's good. Um, and when Amon is back home the next morning, he hears these voices in his head again, mm-hmm. uh, which he realizes are the voices of the people praying to the tree. I love that. Very, yeah, very Bruce Almighty. Um, but <laughs> yeah. but I really, I liked it. It didn't feel like a direct ripoff. Yeah, so. or the Salman Khan yeah. remake. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, And so he hears through these prayers that there is a terrorist hostage situation happening at a local mall slash department store. And Amon flies in to help out and he crash lands very gracefully. But then he hears gunshots and he's just like in it. He goes into the building and there's a lot of bad guys and a lot of guns. And they're all like, who are you? We're going to shoot you. But it's no trouble for him with his super speed and snazzy reflexes. Mm-hmm. 
And so now we get a scene straight out of X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, straight out of Clock Stoppers. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I, okay. My no, you bad. go. No, you go ahead and say your thing, because, yeah, then I'll talk about uh, the cinematic classic Clock Stoppers. <laughs> that sounds great. I mean, what is Quicksilver if not a Clock Stopper? Um, so, yes, this... This scene shows Amon prancing around, everything's in slow motion around him, it's got a fun song playing, he's just kind of having fun rearranging things, moving them around, and yeah, if you haven't watched X-Men Days of Future Past, I do recommend at least just looking up like Quicksilver scene, because it's hilarious. But yeah, what 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 is the clock stoppers? Uh, so clock stoppers. Sorry, I was just looking up. I knew it came out before this. Uh, yeah, but it came out in two thousand and two. Clock stoppers. Oh, that's way before. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a Nickelodeon movie starring <laughs> what's his name Jesse Bradford of Bring It On fame. Who? Okay. Uh, just I don't know. Like his dad invents something that makes time go really slowly, and he and his friends just get up to hijinks and then like French Stewart is also there. It was like one of my favorite movies when I was that age of <laughs> child, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's great. It, yeah. It's a good time. I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> I mean, it definitely like isn't a good movie, but sure, it was formidable for me as a preteen yes. child. Whether they were inspired <laughs> By X-Men <laughs> or Clockstoppers. <laughs> <laughs> or whether uh, X-Men was inspired by Clockstoppers. Uh, maybe. It is available to stream on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Anyone wants to watch Clockstoppers. <laughs> Great. Um, I did go down a little bit of a rabbit hole because I forgot just how good like the Quicksilver X-Men scene is. Uh-huh. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> good tangents. Yes. But so then when time speeds up again, everything's going haywire for the bad guys, and it's hilarious. Uh, And so everyone is thanking him and asking him for his name, and so he says, Flying Jot, and he strikes a really cool superhero pose. (laughs) And then he launches into the air six feet up. Uh, And then we get the Flying Jot title track, Mm -hmm. which is a great song. I love it. And... (laughs) It is a montage of Amon solving crime, like taking down a drug operation and rescuing a woman from assault, and also following laws, like stopping at a red light, because you've got to practice safe flying. Yeah. When you fly that low, you just follow the roads. Right. You don't want to fly right into the path of a moving car. <laughs> no. I also noted that the lyrics are hilarious, or at least the translation of them are. Uh-huh. It says, like, Better than Batman, he's Superman's best buddy. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I think a lot of people are better than Batman because yeah. his superpower is being rich. Right, so. yeah. <laughs> and also his mom calls, but he ignores. And we see scenes of Oh, that's him a trying lyric. To... That's not a plot Yeah, point. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Batman's mom is dead. <laughs> oh, like... <laughs> and Amon's mom is alive, but I think he answers her both. I don't know. Batman's mom calls and Batman ignores. Like, what? Are- <laughs> oh, if Batman's mom called, he'd be answering. He'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna answer that. My mom's dead." <laughs> well, <Wow. laughs> <laughs> wow, what a journey. Um, and so, yeah, we also see scenes of Amon trying to woo K- uh, Kirti by moonwalking. I get really confused because her name is Kirti and, and not Kirti. Yeah. <laughs> 
We still haven't seen Raka. Raka has not nope. emerged. But we do see a bunch of toxic waste being dumped right next to the school, mm-hmm. which seems like it should be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and as retaliation, Flying Jot drops all that trash back in Malotra's yard. And so now Malotra's like, screw you, I hate you, Flying Jot. <laughs> and finally, we see a hand emerge <laughs> from the toxic waste by the factory. And we see Raka, covered in black goo, walk into Malotra's office using some sort of power to choke the life out of Malotra's guards. Can I Um, just say he rolls up like Hexus from Fern Gully and (laughs) it's great. (laughs) I think I watched that once upon a time, like as a kid. Hexus is literally pollution like Raka is oh. Hexus <laughs> there you go. a lot of inspiration here yeah and and then we get intermission mm-hmm. uh and then when we're back we see that these doctors have cleaned Raka up and are running tests on him and they determine that he is literally full of toxins yes yeah. and he's got this black smog around him that he can basically shoot at people to suffocate them And Malotra tells him that the two of them can win the world, but first they need to get rid of this pesky superhero, Flying Jot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I love about this is that Raka refuses, unless he can get a cool costume. Yeah. Which is fair. I get that, Raka. (laughs) Yeah, and he kind of then ends up with like a Thor costume. Mm -hmm. Like, if pollution like threw up on it. Uh, yeah. So then Amon is out flying around in his costume, and he has to pick up some things for his mom. And so he goes to the market, and Kirti's there, and they're flirting. And then Raka appears, mm-hmm. and he throws a street lamp like a spear. But so Amon starts fighting him, and I feel like you can sum Raka up by saying he's got these mini chainsaws on his forearms, and he loves to say, surprise, surprise. That's that, his whole, That's all you need to that's know. That's his whole vibe. That's his, yeah. <laughs> his whole thing. And so the fight continues amongst these melons. There's a bunch of melons everywhere. And finally, Amon is standing over Raka, and he says he could kill him, but he won't, because he's not like him. It's just never, just kill these people. <laughs> just right? kill the It's bad like guys. the classic superhero line, and it's like, I'm going to give you a chance. And then the bad guy's like, and I'm going to take that chance and murder someone you love. Yep, yeah. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> More superheroes Um, need to watch superhero movies. Clearly. It makes you wonder, like, do superhero movies not exist in these worlds? Yeah, in the universe of superheroes. But clearly they do. Clearly they do in Flying John. Just like comic books existed in Manal Morley. Yeah. So, I don't know. (laughs) But a defeated Raka returns to Malotra, who's complaining because he doesn't know where to dump his factory's waste Such a problem. Yeah, and in this conversation, they discover that Raka can literally eat slash absorb pollution and waste. Mm-hmm. So Raka's like, in me, just give me just all of the toxic Again, waste. just like Hexus. This is what Hexus does. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, Amon shows up at Kirti's wearing his flying jock costume mm-hmm. because she's really into the superhero. I do. And he takes her flying. I, oh. Sorry, I do like that we get in this movie one of my always favorite superhero tropes is the girl who has a crush on the superhero but not uh, on the actual boy very spider-man <laughs> yeah, yeah love it and also he's really evoking some aladdin uh themes. i was literally <laughs> i was just saying it's very aladdin <laughs> which that made me think remember the aladdin movie that jacqueline fernandez is in god was she in that yeah she was the jasmine character god. 
Oh, that was also garbage. That was like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about it. Because we thought, it's Amitabh Bakchan. And we Sanjay like Dutt. And the guy who plays Tiger's brother in Boggy 3. Yeah, who's also been in other things, <laughs> whose name we don't know, but we just know him as side characters. <laughs> and I feel like we were prepared to know him. Yeah. We were prepared to know him and love him. And then we watched that movie, Aladdin, and we said, no. <laughs> <laughs> we reject you from our hearts, sir. <laughs> oh, you have so to, if bad. you're going to be Aladdin, you have to be charming. And he was not charming. You don't have to be handsome. You just have to be charming. Agreed. Yeah. But I know. I'm like, sorry, we're going on so many tangents. I'm like, is any of this going to make it in? Who knows? I, you'll decide that. <laughs> So then we get, uh, yes, this very Aladdin moment mm-hmm. where Amon takes Kirti to a moonlit field where there's fireflies, and then he takes her to a dock by a lake, uh-huh. and the moon is beautiful. Uh, what's the, the night is young, and, and you're, you're so beautiful. So beautiful. Be flat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so then we get our romantic song. Mm-hmm. Tuta Joe Kabhitara. I really like uh, this one. And I did too. Like, I had kind of forgotten about it. Yeah. But I liked the music and I really liked the dancing. Yes, me too. I feel like in a lot of romantic Bollywood songs, they're kind of just gazing at each other and not really moving or they'll kind of, you know, I yeah. don't know. There's not like a ton of dancing right. in those songs. And this is, like, there's a lot of really cool lifts. Yeah. Like, it's, like, a full-on contemporary dance routine, and I really liked it. I did, too. And also, if I could just round out referencing, like, all three of the most formidable cartoons from my childhood, (laughs) reminded me a lot of Thumbelina and Let Me Be Your Wings and, like, him lifting her up and flying around with her and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I like... This is all very wholesome. It is very wholesome. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. So that was beautiful and great and very romantic. Mm -hmm. And Aman returns Kirti to her house and they almost kiss. Mm -hmm. And then Kirti actually invites him along to their school picnic the next day Mm -hmm. so that he can talk to the kids and meet her best friend, Aman. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, sure. And then there's this whole thing where he has to talk Rohit into wearing the costume because he needs someone else to wear the flying jock costume to meet Aman, obviously. Aman then is hanging out with Kirti the next day at school. Uh, And now I feel like Kirti is picking up on some vibes from Aman. Yes. Um, Which, come on, why were you not into him in the first place? I will say, I'm not so sure that, like, Amon had the confidence. That's fair, yeah. If he was always shy and kind of bumbling around her, like, yeah, he's nice, but that doesn't always cut it. You need to... And also he had Goldie in the way. Yeah. <laughs> causing Goldie mayhem. who was confident. Yes, yeah. And yeah, like, purposely putting up barriers right. for his rival. <laughs> right, okay, so then Rohit shows up dressed as Flying Jot, and the three of them go to join the kids' school bus, which has been weirdly stopped by some adult goons yeah. for seemingly no reason. Why do they want to um, rob the children? It's weird. Uh, and so Rohit does some fancy talking that involves like, oh, I don't have to fight these goons because everyone here, if they just believe and pray to the tree, they can get the powers of the tree. And so basically we can all be superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yes. And so... 
he's able to swing that so that it's like, look, Amon will fight these goons and you'll see. And so Amon does and he uses all of his powers and it's great. And there's some fart humor and whatever. But I wanted to call attention that as he starts this fight, his hands are in his pockets. Mm-hmm. I liked that. Uh, yeah. And if I were Kirti watching this, I'd find it attractive. That's some good, yeah, some good confidence there. Violence okay. isn't sexy, but if you have to do it, it's pretty cool. In to a low-key, confident, like, yeah, this means nothing to me ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to see that you don't care. Right. <laughs> I find that attractive. You beat people up without feeling anything in your soul. <laughs> That's you a green it. flag right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, Raka is absorbing all the pollution from the nearby city. Then it's Valentine's Day, and Aman has gotten flowers and chocolate to give to Kirti, uh, but there's a big charity function being held for the Flying Jot. And Aman promises the Flying Jot will go, but he gets Rohit to go in his place, and while there, Shraddha Kapoor shows up, she proposes to Flying Jot. Rohit says yes, because of course he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Kirti sees all of this happen on television. Yeah. So she feels betrayed. Yeah. So then we see Kirti talking to the tree, saying how unhappy she is that Flying Jot is a cheat when she sees a noose appear among its branches, because Aman is seriously threatening to kill Rohit for this stunt with Shraddha Kapoor. Uh-huh. Kirti then overhears Rohit saying that Aman is the real Flying Jot, and she also overhears Amon say that he loves her. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like the best of all worlds. But my best it's... friend is also the superhero I'm in love with. <laughs> yeah. Ideal. Yeah. But so then the next day, Kirti shows up in Amon's room and reveals that she knows he's the flying jot, and he apologizes for not telling her. Mm-hmm. And she says she won't forgive him until they have their first kiss. Yeah. Which, good for you, girl. Mm-hmm. Like, get it. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get beat. Pabuti, which is like a very fun, like jungle themed dance yeah. that's mostly about booties. Yep, as the name would suggest. Yeah. And I love Kirti's black and red outfit that she's wearing mm-hmm. in. She's usually wearing these very like cute, flouncy skirts, but this, this is like sexy Kirti. Yes. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. A lot of good uh, body rolls in this number. So many good. Yeah. Like, I'm just very impressed by everyone's. Tukuses. Yeah. Nice, nice tukuses. <laughs> yep. And then they kiss. Yay! So they did it. Yay! <laughs> He's forgiven. <laughs> uh, and as Amon is leaving the house in his costume, his mom stops him and says he should wear the turban because it's Guru Purab. And then his mother tells him this inspirational story about the fighting might of sick men and how they can take on like much larger armies because they're just that good uh, of fighters. And then we switch gears and see Raka break into what looks like the same mall as before. Um, and he's planning to hold everyone hostage, I think, to draw out Flying Jot. Yeah. Which, it works. Flying Jot shows up. Mm-hmm. And they fight. But Raka is now stronger than he was before because of all the pollution. And then Raka punches him on out of the mall, clear over into a parking lot. Amon gets thrown through a building. And then he gets crushed by Raka. <laughs> And he's dead, the end. <laughs> and he's dead, the end. And Raka wins. The earth is dead. And that's why the pollution uh, is here. Yep. That's why we have global warming. <laughs> Although it seems like maybe it would be better if we did have a Raka who could just eat all the pollution, even though he'd and be like, super powerful. And then we shoot him up into space. That's a good point. Yeah. And you just don't did cross that him. Take, <laughs> did that take care of all the issues? Yeah, I think so. 
Okay, right. But so Azamon is laying there. Malotra shows up randomly. And he says, this isn't his fault that the Flying Jot is dying because of all the people living in this city who are contributing to the pollution that made Raka strong. Just like corporations blaming mm-hmm. pollution on the people when they're the ones yeah. who did it. <laughs> exactly. A hundred companies are responsible for 70% of our greenhouse gas emissions. Ugh, God. Since 1988. Yeah. So if anyone tries to tell you <laughs> that you're the issue... Don't believe them. They always they try to put the blame on the consumer, and there's nothing yeah. we can do about it. <laughs> right. Like, if you're choosing to dump your toxic waste into the lake, you're choosing to dump your toxic waste into the lake. Yep. But anyway, uh, Malotra tells Raka to finish off Flying Jot, but he manages to escape. And within two days, everything just is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> There's like smog and forest fires and brush fires and black sludgy water and even a cancer train because everyone is getting cancer right. in two days. Yep. Uh, and it's not good. And Amon can't save anyone because he's healing. Yeah. But Malotra is loving life. He's like loving all this pollution because he's evil until he gets a call that his daughter is in the hospital because she has asthma mm. and she now needs to be on a ventilator. Yeah. He's like, doctors do something, and they're like, no, Malodra, you do something, because the asthma is caused by all the pollution, which has been caused by you. I love that from the doctors, just like, yeah, nah, bro, <laughs> it's your fault. Exactly. And then Malotra calls Raka in and says he'll pay him to stop doing what he's doing, and Raka's like, I no longer crave money, I crave pollution. Mm-hmm. And then he just, like, toxic burns all the money that Malotra was going to give him. And then Raka says on television that Flying Jot needs to come meet him in one day or he'll make things even worse. Which is pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But Amon can't meet him in his current state. Hmm. So Raka shows up at the stated meeting place and the Flying Jot is there too. Mm -hmm. And we see Kirti back at Amon's house panicking that he's with Raka because she's seen Flying Jot is with him. But then Amon appears, like he was taking a shower. Yeah. And so then they realize it's not Amon who's with Raka, it's Rohit. And this is heartbreaking because you just know that Rohit knew. Yeah. Because everyone was like, what do we do? Amon can't fight him. He'll die. And Rohit was like, I guess I'll die instead. I'll die instead. Yeah. So Raka flies him up into the air and drops him from super high. Mm -hmm. And that is how Rohit dies. Yeah. it's so sad. So dark it for is this movie. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. I remember the first time watching it, I was like, what? Yeah. Really out of um, place. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it does give Amon the fuel he needs mm-hmm. to become the man that he could be. Yes. The hero. Exactly. We see Amon's mother packing up her things to move away because she doesn't want to lose her other son. Uh, but then she sees Amon in his costume. He tellingly has some scruff on his face. He's not clean-shaven. Mm-hmm. And he says that everyone's prayers and cries won't leave him. And Kirti tells him that it's madness to try to fight Raka. But then he says he knows, but he is a Sardar and it's midnight. Mm-hmm. And this is hearkening back to the story that his mom told him, where it's like, the sick men would get that call, and if you're the leader, you go mm-hmm. and you fight and kick some butt. 
Um, but he finally puts on his turban. Mm-hmm. Like, he finally feels like he can step up to be like his father. Takes up his father's um, mantle. Just like Minal Morley. Well, but ah. I also, like, for the first time in one of these superhero movies, he's not playing his own dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, that's because his dad's a cartoon. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and at this moment, some kids are planting trees to reduce pollution when Raka arrives and definitely plans to kill some kids. Yeah. But Flying Jot appears and he has renewed strength. So they have some big punches and end up fighting by the sacred tree. Uh, and Raka knocks Flying Jot out like against the roots of the tree. But the townspeople have followed. And Amon's mom says that one sick man is worth many Rakas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sure enough, Amon gets back up and throws Raka into the sky, then follows him up. And Amon flies Raka up through the atmosphere <laughs> and into space until he hits what at first I thought was an asteroid because it seemed too small, but then I think it might be a moon. <laughs> Maybe the moon. <laughs> I think, yeah, this again, like I looked away for two minutes and I looked back and they're on the moon. Yeah. But then this just made me think of the fact that India just like landed. Uh, yeah, like, I wanted to bring that up too. Yeah. <laughs> that they were like the fourth. Their first country to oh, land at the to South land, Pole uh, okay. moon. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome, though. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Amon did this because he was like, I can't beat Rock on Earth because there's so much pollution, but I can beat him in outer space. And meanwhile, I was thinking, like, people literally just shoot trash up there <laughs> and put it into orbit. That's, like, the last <laughs> place we have to put the trash is space. But <laughs> Yeah. And, like, literally, I'm pretty sure that, like, Tesla's just been like, yeah, let's just shoot this thing up there. Let's see what happens. <laughs> anyway... Uh, Amon does get the upper hand and he punches Raka repeatedly and then throws him into a satellite or a rocket or something that explodes. Uh, Hope there weren't any people on that. (laughs) It's what I said. (laughs) Amon thinks that Raka is dead, but he's not because of course he's not. So he throws Amon onto a satellite and says, look, they polluted outer space too, which is true. And then after being thrown through the satellite, Amon prays and centers his power, which I was wondering how he was able to have this power of this sacred earthly tree, because it seems like he gets a lot of his power from, like, nature and belief (laughs) on Earth. And not (laughs) outer space. (laughs) Right, but I guess it's a super powerful tree, and his faith is super strong, so there you go. There you go. And he basically turns his body into a drill, and just drills straight through the middle of Raka. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than this being super gross, which you think it would be because he's literally just full of toxic waste, Raka just fractures into a bunch of little tiny pieces of white light. Perfect. It's actually quite beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and he is dead. And then we get a quote by the director of this film. I think this director quoted himself, which <laughs> as a writer bold. of the film, he, he could have just written that without ascribing it to anyone, but it's fine. Uh, He wrote, everything has an alternative except Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Amon flies back to Earth and lands at home and everyone celebrates. And the final scene that we see is Melotra planting some trees with his daughter. Uh, And during the end credits, we get some behind the scenes shenanigans that are great. Yeah. I always love when we get sort of a 
blooper reel slash special oh, effects too. thing. That's fun. It's always just fun to see these people having fun yeah. on set. Like super fun. Yeah. Fun movie overall. Yeah. I'm glad we watched it. Me too, actually. I still maintain that it's enjoyable. Absolutely. I found it more enjoyable than, like, Krish. I, yeah. I think if I were gonna, like, I'm not gonna rank all of the movies, but I would put Krish at the bottom of all of the superhero movies. But absolutely, I would watch this movie over Krish. Yeah. I feel like it does it very well. Like, it's... Again, it, again, it's kind of got, like, the small town feel mm-hmm. where he's saving his community and it's, like, about him filling his father's shoes. Yeah. But also has, like, slightly higher stakes than, like, Minal Murley. Yeah. I still think Minal Murley was a better film. Right. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you're right. The whole earth was not in danger from Shibu's yeah. antics. <laughs> no. No. Um, but, yeah. So... I really liked it, yeah. and I think it deserves higher than what I got on Rotten Tomatoes. So anyway, yeah, what did you decide to research? Yeah, so, is it climate change? Well, I oh. actually I I researched two things because there were two things that I really wanted to talk about from this movie. Ooh, okay. First, a crash course on sickism. Great, I was hoping <laughs> this would happen yes. <laughs> because I know virtually nothing about it and so i wanted to get a little bit more context and also help Mm -hmm. us understand a little bit more what's going on in the movie so sikhism originated in punjab Mm -hmm. at the end of the 15th century with a fellow named guru nanak Mm. guru being his title Oh, yes, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, one of the most recently developed of the major religious groups, it is the fifth largest religion worldwide, with mm. between 25 and 30 million followers. Guru Nanak, who started Sikhism, was followed by nine other human gurus, and then the tenth named the Sikh scripture Guru Granth Sahib as the 11th and final eternally living guru. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, like, you know, this central text is now, like, this is our our teacher. It is a monotheistic faith, and to do some very serious nutshelling about it, (laughs) the, the kind of central theme of it is the world and its pleasures are illusory and temporary, and devoting oneself to truth and the rejection of egotism will bring you closer to God and salvation. Oh. Yeah. I like that. So it's similar to Buddhism, but not taken to quite that, like, extreme. Sure, yeah, like the asceticism of Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true of a lot of faiths. When you get down to, like, the very core of it, it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, the human world that we live in is bad, and you have to transcend all that badness to get to the good. Right. The means of devoting oneself to God are through the remembrance and recitation of God's name and also physical, mental, and material service. So basically, meditation and honest work and giving to those in need. Those are the ways that you transcend the human world and get closer to salvation. Mm. So now, Khalsa 6... That's the term that you would use to describe someone who is fully initiated, fully baptized into Sikhism. And this mm-hmm. is important to understand because this is where, when we see how we would typically picture a Sikh character like portrayed in one of these movies, 
this is who we would be picturing is a Khalsa Sikh. Mm. And so this faction of Sikhism came about when uh, one of the human gurus, Guru Gobind Singh, created this group of basically warriors in response to his father, Guru Teg Bahadur, who was beheaded by the Mughal emperor at the time. And so Guru Gobind Singh enlisted this group of Sikh warriors, uh, the Khalsa warriors, Khalsa meaning like pure, and they were meant to protect the innocent from religious persecution. Mm. And so this becomes what you are when you are fully initiated into the religion. So this is where we see prohibitions against any disruption of the natural growth of hair. So everything, Mm. and not just cutting anything from dyeing to like any other kind of alterations of any hair on your body. Particular rules around the preparation and or consumption of meat. Not everyone is vegetarian. Not everyone interprets it that way, but some people do. Mm -hmm. The condemning of adultery, which in this case is defined as any cohabitation or intercourse with someone other than your spouse, and also abstinence from any drug use, including tobacco and alcohol. Now, Guru Gobind Singh really shook things up with the introduction of, of the Khalsas because he was doing away with the concept of social division that had existed within the religion since the first Guru, Guru Nanak's teachings. Under this new way of being, all were equal, whereas previously there had been a caste system similar to Hinduism. But now it's like, nope, we're all equal. And then here's this kind of ultimate way of, of being within our religion. Orthodox Sikh people at the time opposed this, but uh, supposedly in his first day performing baptisms and initiating people into this idea of being Khalsa, Guru Gobind Singh initiated 20,000 men and women and said, I'll call myself Guru only when I can make the meek sparrows pounce upon the hawks and tear them. Only if one combatant of my force faces a legion of the enemy. Okay. Amon's mom at one point does say something about sparrows fighting hawks. Yeah, going so, go, yeah. like thinking back to the movie, there were there were a lot of things like moments in the movie that kind of resonated with this. So it does seem like they had a pretty mm-hmm. kind of authentic history and portrayal in that way, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, not every Sikh is a Khalsa Sikh. Mm-hmm. So there are those who are Sahajdari Sikh, which is one who reveres the teachings of the Ten Gurus, but they have not undergone the initiation or the baptism to become Khalsa Sikhs, um, and they reject some or all of the dress and behavioral codes that go along with being Khalsa Sikh. Mm-hmm. So now on to Jots. <laughs> uh, just, you know, quickly going over this. And I have to give thanks to the website Sikhi Wiki. Uh, which is the <gasps> sick Wikipedia page. That's amazing. <laughs> it's awesome that that exists. Uh, first of all, I wanted to share that the entry begins with a disclaimer from the website uh, that Sikhism does not endorse caste-based distinctions in society that lead to unequal opportunities for some people. In fact, Sikhism completely rejects class or race-based distinctions between humans that leads us to make an inequitable society. Such distinctions have surfaced only due to ill intentions of certain sections of people who, on the pretext of making society more manageable, paved the way for unequal grouping of humans within the human race. 
That's um, great that yeah. they included that. Yeah, right? I really liked that. And then they're like, this yeah. article is just informational. It's not in any way demonstrating our support of this system. Right. Yeah. So a jot, it's an ethnic group. Mm. And this traces back to the Central Asian steppe near present-day Kazakhstan. Um, they have historically been farmers, landowners, and warriors. A- okay. Approximately one-third of Jats in South Asia are Sikh, and around 70% of Sikhs are Jats. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Venn diagram <laughs> is not a perfect circle, but there's uh-huh. a good amount of overlap. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, the two are closely associated, and Guru Nanak, who again was the founder of Sikhism, was himself a Jat. Mm-hmm. That's my, again, crash course on Sikhism and on Jats and what that means. Great. Now on to my second topic. Okay. Uh, because I really wanted to bring environmentalism into the research for this week. I feel like it's yeah. such an important part of the film. And specifically, the interplay between religion and water pollution in India. Fascinating. Yes. Now, this is something that I learned about in a class that I took recently. Mm -hmm. And so I've been wanting to, like, research it again and kind of re-solidify it in my mind. And so this felt like the perfect opportunity. Yeah. We're going to, we're heading into some sad territory, just to warn you here. Um, India's more than 400 rivers supply water to 90% of the country, but water in 50% of the nation's rivers is unfit for drinking and unfit for bathing in 25%. So 25% of the water in these Indian rivers, you can't even put your body in. Yeah. Highlighting one river in particular, which in English we'd call the Ganges. I was just thinking about it. Yep. Okay. Which is known among many and particularly among Hindus as Ma Ganga, or the Mother Ganges. Right. Hindus believe the Ganges River isn't just a river, but is a goddess, and that her waters have healing powers. Mm -hmm. Yet, the Ganges has become one of the most polluted waterways in the world due to rapid industrialization and population growth. Interesting. Human waste is the primary cause of the pollution of the Ganges River. 450 Mm. million people live in the Ganges River Basin, and only one quarter of the almost 5 billion liters of sewage that flows into the river daily has been treated. Oh my god. Yeah. A lot of sewage, most of it untreated. Yeah, it's just like an infrastructure issue. Yes, a humongous one. So... Other culprits of the pollution of the Ganges are Indian industries, uh, which dump another billion liters of waste into the river daily, and of course climate change as monsoons have become less predictable and as the Himalayan glaciers, where the river originates, are shrinking. Mm. So all of these things are contributing to this pollution. It's estimated that 300,000 children die every year from drinking contaminated water from India's rivers, and many children and adults suffer from birth defects and or worsening health conditions over the course of their lives. And Mm. Hindus are unable to perform important rituals involving drinking from the river and bathing in the river's holy waters due to the contamination. Yeah. That being said... Not all Hindus see the river as polluted. 
because they believe, well, she's a goddess and she can't be polluted by earthly things. Uh, She can't be contaminated by earthly impurities. Those who ascribe to this belief still bathe in and drink from the river, believing her to be self-cleaning. So people are literally like going into this river among these toxins and these pollutants because they don't believe that they exist. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, how many of those people live to bathe in it multiple, you know? Like... I, probably many of them do end up unwell. Yeah. yeah. Now, Narendra Modi, uh, mm. yeah. <laughs> um, he uh, pledged to clean Ma Ganga when he was elected president um he mm-hmm. believed that his election was in part due to divine intervention and he pledged three billion dollars to clean up the river over the course of five years but this mm-hmm. has been entirely insufficient not least of all because his presidency has coincided with increased coal mining and the building of coal-fired power plants <sighs> which has contributed to an increase in worsening air quality and water pollution yep We also can't mention Modi without talking about Hindu nationalism. Um, Hindu nationals blame Muslims for the problem, the ones who acknowledge that there is a problem, because Muslims are the owners of the Kanpur leather tanneries, which are contributing to the pollution of the river. Uh Of course, they're ignoring all of the other things that are contributing. Right, like all of the human waste. Yes. Most of which is not solely happening because of the Muslim people who live in their communities. In fact, many Hindu rituals involve the submersion of statues of deities and putting other offerings into the river thus polluting it further not to mention the ashes from cremating their dead i i was thinking about this because yep. i was like i wonder how much pollution ashes cause because so many people like there's so many movies where people are traveling well, to and, yeah and yeah. that's what you do with the ashes they're submerged mm-hmm. into a holy body of water and There are certain instances where it is not appropriate in Hinduism for a body to be cremated, in which case those bodies are often just wrapped and submerged in the sacred rivers. Okay. Yeah. So also not great. Grassroots and governmental initiatives have been undertaken to clean the Ganges, the Yamuna, uh, and basically all of India's rivers, but this is one of those immense problems that's going to take so much more work to fix than anyone is at present willing or able to give. Modi has pledged that India will achieve a target of net zero carbon emissions by 2070, which Mm -hmm. is 20 years after climate scientists have said that that needs to happen by, which is 2050. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of that segment. (laughs) I'm sorry that it can't end in a happier place, but when we're talking about the environment, we know that there just really isn't a, a happy place to go with that no. yet and may never be. Other than space. Uh, space is our last option. <laughs> and then we'll pollute that. Yep. <laughs> but by the time we've polluted space so much we can't live there, Earth will have like recalibrated and fixed itself. That's true. And then we can move back. Well, and I like to think that the human race will have expired by then. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> I know, it makes me so sad to think I'm like, God, this is within our lifetime. I know. Um, 
Thanks for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. And I don't know if we have anybody who's listening who feels like they can or should or wants to do more for the environment and wherever they happen to live. Like, that's great. Maybe I'll end with a call to action. Maybe that's the positive way to end. Um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So hard to bounce back from that. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I have one piece of Bollywood news. Okay. Which is just that I saw Shah Rukh's new post about Javan. Mm-hmm. And now I'm extra confused as to what this movie's about. Uh-huh. Did you also see this poster? I've seen That is like five different faces yes. of him. Yeah. Because then I was like, is this like split? Oh. Like the James McAvoy movie? Uh-huh. Maybe. I'm very confused. Because I... I'm like, I feel like I've only seen like two two of these faces in the trailer. Right, yeah. We're just going to have to find out, (laughs) hopefully, on or around September 7th. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that wasn't news, but I was like, I gotta talk about it. I think it's important for us to think about and talk about, because, yeah, everything he's posted has just caused me to feel more confused. (laughs) But also excited. But also excited. I am very excited, Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, pluggables. Please follow us on Instagram at Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. And also feel free to uh, subscribe on whatever platform you listen to us on. You can also leave a rating or a review. Yeah. And we appreciate you listening and we appreciate any and all interaction with us. Absolutely. Thanks, friends. We love you. Join us on YouTube mm-hmm. and Spotify to listen to our Bollywood Bangers playlists. That's where we keep our collection of favorite songs uh, yes. when Spotify allows us to put them on. But YouTube, they're always on the YouTube playlist. The YouTube playlist <laughs> is very comprehensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, we link uh, those in our episode descriptions as well as in our posts on Tuesdays. Yes. Yes. And now, <laughs> drum roll, please. Kim, I'll let you lead us into this. Great. Because, well, yeah. I'm super excited about this because our Totem Gumra episode was, I think, my favorite episode we've ever done. And so, it was very fun. Yeah, I really, I've been looking forward to us doing another, we split up, watch two different movies, and then come back together and talk about it. So I'm excited mm-hmm. that that's what we're doing. But yes. with two totally different movies this week, because we are watching the original Tamil film, O Kadal Kanmani. Yeah. And it's Hindi remake, OK Janu. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am very excited about this mm-hmm. because, as you know, I've only ever seen OK Johnny. Yes. And so I am very, 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 very excited to watch OKK. Yes. I'm very excited for you to watch it because this also different from Tottenham and Goomera. I have seen both films mm-hmm. because I stumbled upon OK Con Money not realizing that it was OK Johnny. And at first yeah. thought that it was the remake and then realized my mistake. Of course. Classic. <laughs> I'm excited because I haven't yep. seen OK Janu since I've seen OK Con Money. So, oh, I, yeah, I'm excited to, to go back yeah. and watch what was, for me, my first interaction with this story. And I am extra excited that this will officially be my first Dulker Salman film. Yeah. 
I think it's funny how much we've he's been coming up in recent weeks. You because well, of well, me. It's funny how much you've been bringing him. Up. <laughs> but he's been coming up because he's blowing up right now. He's having such a moment, and it's really exciting. Yeah. But I will just I, I, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say I think it's very funny because I up until maybe three weeks ago did not know who this man was. <laughs> And it has gotten to the point where now I'm like, I do know who he is, yeah. and I'm very excited. <laughs> and yet I still have not actually seen any of his films. You've just seen the Hirie music video, oh, which... It's so good. <laughs> ...tells you a lot of what you need to know about Dual Persona. It's so great. Yeah, it's all I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I will just gush about him very quickly here. Um, since he is not in the movie, I'll be watching... Yes. He I have seen him act in six different languages, which is wow. not uncommon in South Asian cinema, but it is still right. always unbelievably impressive. And yeah. he's in Guns and Gulabs and he posted on Instagram a compilation where like the first thing you saw was him delivering the line in Hindi and then you heard him dubbing it into Tamil, Telugu, Malayalam. It might have just been those four in this, but like... Oh, that's it? <laughs> I know, right? Um, but I just think that's, that's incredible. incredible. And he's an actor who's made a name for himself, like not just in the film industry that he originates from, but really has transcended, you know, the idea of these like regional industries. And I just think that's really unbelievably cool. And he's also such a good actor. He seems like he's such a nice man. He's so handsome. He really does. <laughs> he has I... the most beautiful <laughs> deep voice. Like, I just love him so much. I'm actually excited to hear him speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you won't be disappointed. But OK Janu is starring Aditya Roy Kapoor, so it's not as if I'm going to be totally without handsomeness. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think you'll be doing okay. I'll be doing just fine, yeah. And also Shraddha Kapoor is back on our screens, which is great. Great. Yeah. Yeah, the synopsis for OK Kanmani in, um, or on YouTube is, OKK is an unconventional tale of romance mapped out in Mumbai and weaves its lyrical tale through the fabric of the drastically bipolar persona of the city. Set against the backdrop of Mumbai, the city that never sleeps... This film is contemporary, young, vibrant, and colorful, much like the city, capturing its many moods and faces. I feel like the Mumbai... So it's just about Mumbai. The, yeah. The, like, the Mumbai Board of Tourism wrote that plot yeah. description. I agree. There's like really funny. literally nothing about the plot in that. No. No, it's funny, because I saw, like, the drastically bipolar, and I was like, Oh, I don't remember one of the characters like being Having bipolar, bipolar but disorder, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's part it's of not. it. I think that... <laughs> this is not Tamasha. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. That's where my brain went. Uh, okay, Janu. I'm going to read the plot description off Netflix, which is a marriage-averse duo decides to cohabitate until their careers send them into different countries. The plan seems logical until real love develops. So that's what the movie is actually about. <laughs> but it is, I it is in Mumbai in both movies. <laughs> it is definitely in Mumbai. And I also forgot that you're going to get Hama song. Yes, in that's context. the. Now, that is the one thing that OK Kanmani lacks. Mm -hmm. But if you don't compare it directly to the Hama song, the song that it's happens great. in that moment 
is also very sweet. <laughs> Great. I'm excited. Yeah. So, until next time, remember, Bollywood doesn't need us. And either does the planet. No. To be honest. <laughs> the planet's trying to boot us out right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not only do we need the planet, yep. we need Bollywood. Yeah. And I do think in that order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anything, we're going to come above Bollywood. <laughs> it's, it's the planet. It's the planet. <laughs>